0: Hello, fellow homebrewers. JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brew Built X1 conical series available at more beer, more beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the brew built conicals are just that. They're made from mirror polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full two inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More beer also carries the brew built line of options and add
3: Welcome to the session. I'm your host, Justin Crosley. Welcome to the show. Back in the studio once again for the first time in 2024. It's already January 8th, which to me means it's it's practically almost Christmas again. It's just time, time, time. When you're in your 40s, guys, time just goes real fucking fast. It just It's not like it used to be. So now, yeah, it's practically almost Christmas again. I'm stoked to be back here and uh, starting the year with a show I'm really excited about. With, to be honest with you, a, a brewery that I've just become familiar with. Uh, and become familiar by ordering the beer here at the Hop Grenade. Uh, my beer buyer, Lewis, who's a, a great individual and a, and a great uh, finder of fantastic beer uh, found you folks. And, and I'm stoked that he did because I learned about the beer, loved the beer. And now, uh, happy to have you guys in the studio today. We have Cuvée Belgian brewers of Sonoma County in the studio with us. And I've got Hendrik Verspecht and Cody Seaton. Welcome guys. And thanks for having us, Justin. I'm stoked you're here. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I just kind of found out about you guys. And then the more research I'm doing, I was like, you know, I've seen your name, the, the brewery name sort of appear different ways. Uh, uh, Cuvée Belgian Brewers, and then I kind of look up the the names of the people who work there, and I'm like, oh. They must be like there were a Belgian brewery first, and now they have one here in California. Like I kind of thought of you, like uh, Trumer, right? And then, and then I do more research and find out that's not the case at all. We're we're going to learn that whole story here today from Hendrik and Cody. Um, but you are making um, not just Belgian inspired, but really like Belgian style, Belgian inspired, Belgian le- legit beer here in the U.S.
4: Yep, that's right. So you know, our goal is kind of to have that. Showcase that traditional side of Belgian beer. Showcase the spectrum. Um, but then also kind of embrace, you know, that, that California spirit to, you know, to tweak things and change things and to venture out into new and exciting things. Perfect.
3: Well, I, not only do I think that's necessary right now in the beer world, but um, it's also re- refreshing. So I was glad to find that you guys are this cool hybrid of of Belgian and, and California beer, which, like I said, we'll learn all about here on today's show. Uh, before moving on, I want to thank our sponsor, More Beer. More Beer's been with us since the day, uh, d- day zero, and uh, you know that. I just want to thank them, every single show that we do. Go to morebeer.com, check it out. If you haven't ordered anything recently, you should do so now, Um, especially during January. You know, January's tough for everybody, so if you got a couple bucks burning a hole in your pocket and you want to get a brew day in, go over to morebeer.com and get your ingredients and do that, and also check out their YouTube page. They're killing it over there. They're getting more views on their YouTube page than I do, which is really annoying to me, but uh, they're doing good stuff, so go over to morebeer and uh, check it all out. And then, of course, if you want to look into the brewery that we're talking to today, go to Couv- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it phonetically so you can do it Cooverbrewing.com. C-U-V-E-R it. It. Uh, but the brewery is called Cuvée and we're going to learn why and how that name came about too but it's C-U-V-E-R brewing.com if you want to go learn about um, in advance and then one more thing before we jump into the interview I want to tell everybody that it's been officially announced Spring Brews Festival 2024 is Saturday March 30th from from noon to four. You guys here at Cuvée are going to receive your invite this week. Uh, you've awesome. never been at the, at the Great, festival wow. before, yes. as far as I know, and I would love to have you. Um, cool. But Saturday, March 30th, uh, and uh, tickets will be on sale this week. So keep an eye out for that over on the BrewingNetwork.com. All right. So we're going to dive right into it. Sounds good. We should talk about the name yep. and, and sort of the history of the brewery. And, and then I really want to talk about your history, too, Hendrik, because I find it fascinating. But um, Cuvée, C-U-V-E-R, is a combination of two family names, right? Yes.
2: Tell us about that's, that. that. That's
4: correct. So, yeah, most people know us as Coover... Sure. At, does it know, drive you that's crazy? Fine. No, I okay. I got over that a that's while good. ago. We, as soon as we thought of the name, we were like, okay, people are gonna call us this. That's fine. But yeah, we just kind of like to think of it. I was like, oh no, if you're an insider, you know, and yeah. you get the correct people, and I hope you have fun with that. There you go. You yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the name itself is a combination of the the family names of the two founding families, which, which are yeah. um, my uh, my future in laws, the the Cushings. They're a uh, local Sonoma County family, and then my family, uh, the Verspects. So uh, were, okay. we're from Belgium, and so we just took that CU and the V-E-R, smushed it together um, to make an actual word. Uh, so it's an old French verb that means to ferment. Perfect. Uh, which was exactly a perfect coincidence there. Nowadays, it's only really heard of in an, uh, in an idiom in France, okay. uh, cuvée sans vin, it means to sleep off your hangover. Oh, nice. Right. But so. you made some good shirts. Uh, <laughs> playing off yeah, no. Unfortunately, my mom hates that comparison. That's oh, the only no. reason it's not on the website. <laughs> I think it's great. I think so, too. I think it's hilarious.
3: Now, but uh, C-U-V-E-E, that's a,
4: another French word, right? Yes, correct, correct. So that's that's you know what they use in the wine industry. It usually refers to you know, the blending of wines and yeah. aging. Uh, so the two words do have a, a linguistic common origin. But they don't both mean to ferment. They don't both mean to ferment, no. Yeah. Um, but But they do both come from yeah that original sure because
3: yeah. my understanding of of cuvee too is usually like sort of the master blend right mm-hmm. like the special blend mm-hmm. like yes. i've i've known that my entire career um so to see when i found out when i looked into your name and realized it was also pronounced cuvee and that it had this meaning i was like oh man have i had c-u-v-e-e wrong this whole time no. but they
4: are too different yeah yep. Yeah. Correct, correct. But it is a good way to explain to people how to say it because sure. a lot of people do know how to say the cuvee mm. with the two e's. Yep. So
3: yeah, in fact, I don't know that I've ever heard anybody say cuvi. Give me your cuvee, right? right? But they might <laughs> fuck up your name all the time. So oh, yeah. that's interesting. We get a uh,
2: culver a lot. Okay. Uh, uh, brewing. Yeah. Like, well, you know, yep. that's something different. Well, uh. when I I
3: will admit too. And it's funny how we just add letters. Like mm-hmm, our brains just mm-hmm, work that way. Mm-hmm. I, before I started doing my research, which helps me really get to know, and then it sticks in your brain, right? Yeah, for some reason I kept adding an L too. And it then makes sense. finally I'm like, yeah. where did that
4: L come from? <laughs> well, from Culver Brewing out of yeah. Culver, California. Culver, California. Ah, <laughs> right. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes and, sense. And uh, a lot of companies that we work with you know, for packaging and stuff kept getting it wrong too in the beginning huh. because uh, when you. St- start that company in the beginning. Sometimes you don't always pop up on a Google search. Yeah. And when yeah. they type in Cuvée or Coover, uh, Google gives you an autocorrect and you're like, oh no, they, it must yeah. be Culver. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's funny too, when I do
3: revert to Coover, it's such a hard R. I feel like such a redneck too. I'm yeah, like, right? I'm like yeah. man, I, I'm from the desert, so I'm allowed to be a redneck. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, man, stop with the err. Uh, it's such a hard R. Anyway, Cuvée, Belgian Brewers of Sonoma County. And now the cool part is is that you really are from Belgium. So it's yep. not it's not
4: a misnomer to say Belgian Brewers. You were born in Belgium? Yes. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. of
3: course your parents born in
4: Belgium. Yep, yep. So my my entire immediate family was we're all from belgium most of my family's still in belgium okay uh so it's just my immediate family that moved over here okay uh so and why did you move here why did the family move um so my, my dad he's an uh uh electronics engineer okay um and uh he had a company in europe that got bought out by a, a bigger corporate con- company that he was consulting for here in the u.s okay and um the whole gang moved over nice. three or four different families: the Belgian family, two French families, and a Lebanese family. We all just wow. hopped over to Pond and uh, okay. And, and did you
3: move to Sonoma, or we moved to Santa Rosa? Yeah, Santa Rosa. Yep. You got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then your dad has dual citizenship. Yeah, now he does. Yeah.
4: What about you? Do you? I have do, do you? not. No, okay. actually. Uh, so we'll come back around to this, like you said, but my education is actually preventing me from ah. getting it because uh, I spent too long out of the U.S. on my green card uh, to to have my original timeline count. I see. So uh, when I came back, that's when my countdown reset. So I'd have ah. to, I had to wait another five years after I moved back from college before I was applicable. Okay. Um, or. Or get married, and then it's three. Got but, it. So you're yeah. <laughs> a Belgian
3: citizen. Yes. And not a U.S. Nope. citizen quite yet. Nope. Okay.
4: I'm just a legal alien. Right. <laughs> so
3: uh, U.S. immigration law is so fucked, too. Like, it's, people want to complain about that on Fox News. Forget about that. Try to legally do something. It's ridiculous here. <laughs> anyway, that, that's neither here nor there. Um, okay, so you, the family moves here. And at what age are you when you moved here? I'm I'm 13 when we moved. Okay. Got it. So you start high school here. Exactly. I came in
4: as a freshman. Yeah. Uh, And that was it. You know, and that's kind of when the accent kind of dropped because, well, who else around here speaks Flemish? (laughs) Yeah. Do you speak uh, French and Flemish? Yeah, but I, I must admit, my French is very rusty. Okay. Oh yeah.
3: <laughs> Flemish though is so difficult. Uh, I've spent a lot of time in both Belgium and France. And uh, I suck at both, I'll be to be honest. But I tried a little with the Flemish. I had met some cool brewers, and I wanted to hang out there. And I said, "Yeah, let's try this." Oh fuck no, that's
1: a tough one. For there's Americans. there's a
4: couple of sounds in there, yeah, that that, that seem kind of hard for for American yeah, tongues yeah, and yeah. lips to configure. Uh, but you must have learned English in Belgium, even uh, before uh, only a here. little bit. I mean, we we hopped across the pond a couple times since my dad was consulting for the company that eventually bought him out. Okay. Um, and so I, I'd gotten conversational English down. Okay. By by that time. And but I'd only had one year in in middle school out there where we learned to read and write. And in Belgium they actually teach british english right. and they're pretty adamant about you speaking with with a proper british accent Interesting. except for me i got the exception because we already knew we were moving to california oh, okay so i got to say it like hella and dude <laughs> and it was awesome that's
3: <laughs> especially being the only one who's allowed yeah. yeah
4: that's hilarious
3: so okay so you you move here as a family and what i gather is that um your dad just kind of missed the beer from back home, so he yeah. became a home brewer.
4: Yeah, that was that was definitely the the start of it. About not even a full year in, like maybe ten months in, he's like, "I need my beer." Yeah, and you know, he didn't want to just keep buying, you know, import. You know, we know these Belgian brands, we love them, um, but they do suffer for transportation. And let's face sure. it, uh, any Belgian guy needs. Three beers a day,
1: okay, and
4: yeah. you'll break the bank just buying that, yeah, you know. Yeah, um, and then he just found that that locally made versions, a lot of them were were lackluster. They sure. just weren't very representative. And Especially
3: since, back then. I've, yes.
4: I, it's gotten better,
3: right? But like, so we're talking what here? 2000, 2012, 2013.
4: Yeah, we were um, like just figuring it out, I
2: feel
1: yeah, like. Yeah, it's like Russian River or nothing else. Yeah, yeah, yeah
2: they were that, like
4: the, only, know, ones, the exactly. only ones, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he. I mean, he had brewed with his dad back in the day because uh, my grandpa was involved in the uh, beer industry in Belgium. Okay. Um and so he, he knew how to do it. So he just picked it up. The first homebrew we made was an Orval clone because that was nice. the beer he missed the most. I bet. And, what uh, a tough one to reproduce, uh, though. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. worked out great. Oh, nice. It okay. did. It really worked out great. And after that, we were like, all right, I guess we got this. Did you <laughs> Did you
3: guys take a yeast culture from the bottle, like bought a bottle of or- Orval? or
4: No, actually, at, at, at that point, it was already easy enough. I mean, we, we just had our... Little homebrew store, Okay. You know, down the and street, they have, like, and they had like a orval yeast. Well, they had because it's a it's a double fermentation orval. Okay, Uh so it's it's a you know classic first fermentation with a Saccharomyces Abbey Ale strain. Okay, kind of classic Belgian strain, and then it has a secondary fermentation with a Brettanomyces strain
3: in the bottle, or just secondary, even in the carboy. For, right. you, for so that, so
4: we were carboying. Okay, it. yeah,
3: yeah. Um and that worked great. Nice. Okay. So success on the first one. Yep. All right. That's how you get hooked right there. Exactly. You're like, oh, how
2: hard could this be then? Yep. Yeah. A lot different than my first homebrew. <laughs> oh, totally. You so and it's me my, both. Yeah. Disasters. <laughs> oxidized messes. And we're like, oh,
3: okay. But <laughs> he has a science background. And then we're going to talk about mm-hmm. your education. But it sounds like even early on, you had a
4: science background. Yeah. I've, I've always been kind of into it. I've always kind of knew what I wanted to do. Do in a general's kind of scheme. Like I, I knew I wanted to go study biology at the University of Ghent when I was in sixth grade. Wow! Okay. That, that was my plan back then. The yeah. only thing that changed by the time I actually was able to make it to university is I realized biochemistry was the way to study the science of biology, not necessarily biology. I see. Yeah. So let's
3: jump into that, too. and yeah. we'll, we'll kind of bounce back and forth. But um, you ended up going back to Belgium in 2016 to go to school um, to Ghent University, right? Yep. Okay. And at that point, you're, like you just said, you discover biochemistry—
4: and biotechnology? That's, that was the, yeah, the official name of the degree. And so it's, just, it's, it's a biochem degree that, that's kind of updated for, for the modern time and how, how technology has kind of entered its way into those sciences. Okay. Yeah. And, and in your mind, was that meant for beer? Or what, do you have something else in mind? It always had beer in the background. What would I, be
3: another example? If you, did, if you weren't into beer, what else would you do with that degree? Oh, like
4: plant breeding, developing okay. new varietals. that I see. Hop, yeah, why not? <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> okay.
4: <laughs> yeah. So that that would kind of be, you know, another field. Like I probably would have gone more into like a technical agricultural background. If, I see. If, if, okay. Yeah, if if the beer thing didn't go, but the beer thing does predate the degree. Got yeah. it. Yeah. And that was in your mind pretty much the, mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah.
3: And had you and your dad,
4: you know, discussed
3: becoming a brewer at that point too, or
4: yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So after we did, um, well, we, we, we'd already been homebrewing for a while and then, um, it was actually, see, I went to Belgium by myself for a summer during high school and, um, just a party or what?
1: <laughs>
4: uh, more or less. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> just, no, just but you had family there, yeah, right? So you're exactly. going to stay with family, and, with family and staying okay. with
4: family, meeting with old friends, you know, from yeah. from before we moved. And uh, that was the first time. That I could legally drink in Belgium.: Okay, yeah. and at, I came at what 18 though, right? No, at, the, the 16 16. okay, yeah. <laughs> okay um, yeah. And then I came back, and I'm like, oh my God, beer's amazing. yeah, okay, beer's amazing. And so then I got more into the home brewing, uh, that's when I made my first original recipe, which was the pepperwood, Ah, uh, which yeah. is what's in our glass it's right now, what's right? in our glass right now. Okay. exactly. Yeah, so that was my first original creation.
3: Well, let's take a second to talk about the beer then. Mm-hmm. And, and Sorry, and you made this That's creation great. when you're 16? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the beer.
4: Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, like I said, my first, the first beer that my dad made was the Orval Clone, and so that was actually his lightest, most drinkable beer, which for those who don't know, it's a uh, 6.5-ish percent mixed fermentation, dry hopped Pale ale. Okay. So it's got a lot going on. Yeah, absolutely. You know,
3: uh, I, honestly, I never would have described it that way. but I know that you're right, uh, but yeah, it has so much going on that it's hard to even describe it as a dry hopped pale ale.
2: Right? <laughs> I know. You know? I've, yeah. I've heard people say that it's kind of like what British pale ales would have been back in the 1800s okay. with the Britannum I.C. secondary fermentation. Without a clean fermentation.
4: Exactly. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah make dry hopped
2: and then that extra okay. fermentation, yeah
4: yeah and so I just wanted to create something that was just a little bit lighter more palatable um, and and my kind of concept was like what's a beer you can have with lunch on a sunny California day yeah so that was what I was going for so I knew I loved saisons because you could play with spices you can play with fruit you can play with different hop schedules it's actually pretty open okay uh, as long as you ferment it nice and dry I see right <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I just walked into my backyard. We had a Meyer lemon tree. I was like, oh, yeah, I can use that. And then it was like, oh, we have a bay tree. Oh, I can use that. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Bada beam, bada boom. <laughs> right. <laughs> As it goes. Obviously some peppercorn in there no, too. No peppercorn. Oh, no kidding. So the California bay laurel tree has has several names and the pepperwood tree is one of them. That's why uh. the beer is called the pepperwood. But it has
3: a little peppery it spice. Definitely it definitely yeah. does. Yeah. Is that esters from fermentation or is that from the tree too?
4: You tell me. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> As one of those things, the yeast definitely carries some peppery characteristics. Mm. So does the bay laurel. I okay. think it's... I, it'd be hard to say that it's not both okay yeah Yeah.
2: and you so, you did something really fun too where you shared with me the dry leaf and the fresh leaf and the fresh leaf had a lot of herbaceous tones but once it was dried it became very expressive very mm-hmm. like wonderful spice character to oh
4: yeah yeah and we noticed yeah. too when we use the fresh leaf uh, it's it's a bit more because you start pulling other polyphenols just mm-hmm. out of the leaf mm-hmm. itself yeah um and and that just adds some kind of astringent bitterness to the beer. Okay. So using the dried really promotes just that oil extraction. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so I'm glad you guys are
3: saying this, too, just as a, a, a hobbyist who loves to cook, too. You know, often the recipes will also distinguish between using fresh or mm-hmm. dried bay leaf or something else. And really, I'm always like, I oh, don't know. What's the difference? Like, I'm going to use what I have on hand. Yeah. But I like to know and talk about what the difference mm-hmm. is. So that was really cool
4: even to hear like, oh, no, you're, you're tasting a difference. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And we actually tested the same with the, the, the peels of the Meyer elements. Oh, right. The pith, when not dried, gives, again, way more of that polyphenol bitterness. Interesting. Yeah. And that's something you want to avoid? It is something you want to
3: avoid. Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. I- and in fact, I kind of went away from Belgians years ago mm-hmm. when American craft brewers weren't really nailing it,
4: and I think it was
3: polyphenols that turned me off. It's
4: a big, it's a big part of it, and it's like it, so. There's you know, polyphenols are just a really big group. Sure. Right. And, um, you, you're gonna want some in a Belgian. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of the times, you kind of want the aromatic parts that that the yeast brings forth. Yeah, that are herbaceous in character. When you start pulling them out of plant material direct, Mm -hmm. that's often astringent bitterness. I see. Mm -hmm.
3: Okay, so let the yeast do its job. Exactly. Okay. Well, it's a great Saison. And I was saying to you guys before we hit the record button today, I I do find the Saison style this kind of exceptional style. In fact, you guys are telling me a funny story about that I want you to tell. But what I was saying is – It doesn't matter where the trends are with Belgian beer. Like, Belgian beer can comes in out of fashion, out of fashion. Um, But Saison is a staple. If you give almost anybody a Saison that tastes like this, by the way, fresh, dialed in, not too phenolic, almost everybody goes, I love that beer. Like, I love Saisons. It's just a a
4: hero, no matter -hmm. where the trends are.
3: Do you find that, too? Like, as a brewer, people are just like, give me a good Saison, and it's fine.
4: Yeah. I mean, to to a degree. We do have a lot of people that come in... um, that are kind of turned away from saisons but yeah. only because there's a lot of saisons out here that are mixed fermentation. Okay. And a lot of times they're like no saisons are always sour. No. And, I'm, and then, yeah, then I tell them it's like no, just like try this. This is a really cleanly fermented saison and it's very approachable and it often changes their mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: And they are so they of course they have that Belgian character, but mm-hmm. they're still clean and dry. In fact, mm-hmm. you even said when you were inventing the style, you said lunch beer. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. which to me, that's like the traditional French saison and what it was meant to be. Yeah. We're on a lunch break. We're hey, working exactly. the farm. Give Here's your saison. Yeah, mm-hmm.
4: give me something nice, sessionable, with good flavor that's going to go with my saucisson. Oh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely,
3: <laughs> which I love, by the way. Oh, I speak my language now.
2: When you were uh, coming up with the recipe, did you always know what you wanted it to be, lower ABV? Was that kind yes. of
1: from the yeah. beginning? Was like, Definitely. Yeah. I mean, the original What's the ABV beer. ABV in this?
4: The AB Vera on on the one that we make commercially is 4.8. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want it to have a, a session beer. The original one was a little higher, kind of range, range between 5.2 and 5.4, but mm-hmm. we figured for for commercial purposes, it was really good to have one below 5. Okay. Yeah.
2: When I do tastings, people love that. They love that it's something they can have, and they know it's not too heavy. They can have a few of Sure. it so makes sense. Definitely. Yeah.
4: Well, this is something I share with most brewers. We like lighter beer. Yep. Mm -hmm. You want to be
3: able to have more well, first of all, have one and go back to work.
4: (laughs) Or if it's after work, have more
3: than one and not be all fucked up. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So Cody, you had mentioned too, and I I think this is I, I didn't think about it this way until you said it, but Saison has also become somewhat ubiquitous in the in the American craft beer scene. Mm-hmm. So that people don't even think of it as a Belgian style anymore.
2: No. It's like how many times I would walk into a craft beer bar and they would see me and they'd see this thing that says Belgian brewers and they're like, Oh, that's great, your beer's good, but Belgian beer doesn't sell and then, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, but I'll stick around and have a beer. And I'm looking at their menu, and I'm like, wait a second, half of these are Saison's. What's going on? And they're like, oh, well, that's something different. That's Saison. I'm like, well, yeah, okay, okay yeah. sure, yeah, we have those too. You're you not going to argue with your potential <laughs> no. customer, but, but you want I to. I get where they're coming <laughs> from, though. I do, yeah. because to the American craft brewer, Saison has been presented as something kind of unique and different, whereas Belgian beer is your, your double and your triple and your quads, you mm-hmm. know? Maybe a blonde and things like that. So, sure, I definitely get where they're coming from. But it was eye opening to me because I don't know. Saison is like the most Belgian style beer I can think of. Yeah, to right. Me, but in, you know, the American craft beer. Looking at those categories, you know, it's it's a distinct different thing than a Belgian. Y- yes. Yeah. Well, and we almost
3: always have some sort of Belgian blonde or Saison on our tap number ten here at the Hop Grenade, mm-hmm. and. Almost daily, we get somebody who comes in and says, well, I usually drink Blue Moon. You know, what do you have? And, and we don't shun anybody here. We always go for tap number 10. And I'll tell you what, um, nine times out of 10, they say, yep, I'll have that one. Like, we give them a taste, and then they go, yep, that's fine. Eight times out of 10, we've switched them off of Blue Moon. They're like, oh, okay. and I'm like, yeah, so Blue Moon is yes. kind of, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm glad you like Blue it's Moon. It's good to problem." beer. That's
2: 21. I loved that beer. I mean, you know, but yeah, the, it's the
3: sheer difference, like it's, it's close enough that there's this familiarity, <laughs> but the difference in quality is so night and day that, that I, I love it when people are like, oh, I think I will always come in here and have your tap number 10. And yeah, and it almost yeah. doesn't matter what brewery we have on because Lewis chooses breweries that are quality, uh, right. but they're always going to exceed the expectations of Mr. or Mrs. Blue Moon, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Like I said, it's just that style. It's like a hero. It just keeps going. Yeah. 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 It's ageless. So you go to school. Yep. You come back in, uh, what, 2021 or so? Yep.
4: With Correct. a master's degree. Yep. So that was a good five-year fast track to a master's degree. Wow. Uh, which was a blast. It was it was pretty intense. Okay. Uh, but I would do it again in a heartbeat. Okay. It, it yeah. was a lot of fun, you know, living in Ghent and, and experiencing that city. It's magical if, you know, if anyone who's listening ever goes to Belgium, don't leave Ghent out. Okay, you know, they always people are always like, okay, I'm going to go to Brussels and go to Bruges, of course, right? And Ghent's right in the middle. Okay, make it a stop. Nice, it's, it's a gorgeous city, and there's a lot to do, and the people are awesome, and you, you'll you'll fall in love. Okay, um, but yeah, so I spent five years also just drinking as much Belgian beer as possible. Yeah, that was part of the experience and i kept telling myself that's like oh no i'm doing research i'm this is this is important (laughs) and you were well now yeah now i know i'm like wait this was important you (laughs) know and and, then that's definitely um you know a big part of when we approach our beers and we finish beers or we make new beers our palate is honed in Yeah, yeah you know like we know like I'm not gonna release anything if I don't think it could fly on the Belgian market. I see. That's where I put my, yeah, my line. That's your baseline. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Well, Um, I like that. (laughs) Yeah. Other other than if if it's not there for me, it's not worth it. Yeah. Okay. Um, But what? So what do you do when you come back? Like, was there already a plan to start a brewery? There was. Okay. So my see, my senior year was yeah. 20 to 21 yeah, little, you know mid mid pandemic yeah. um in in person classes had just kind of started coming back in okay and this was uh it was october of 2020 and uh you know we're not we're not going to get too political over here but elections were coming up mm-hmm. and uh, my parents were a little bit anxious uh, and they were like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should see about moving to Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, you know what? Just in case, I'm going to poke around, and see if I could get a PhD here okay. at, the, at the brewing facilities. You know, it could be cool. So I got talking to my professor, got that going. Five days later, my dad's like, hey, there's this brewery for sale. Let's go for it. Wow. We're like, oh. You, yeah, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, how
3: are you gonna say no to
4: that? Right? Exactly. And it was like you get to go have your own brewer. Like, okay, awesome. Let's do it. Uh then a cup yeah, then uh my my professor over there was like, Oh, oh no no problem. We'll just talk to uh Glenn at Davis. My client, like, yeah, Professor Fox runs the beer program. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, this escalated really quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. So, yeah, we got in touch with them. You know, I still occasionally go by. It's really great to have that connection. Uh, PhD and brewery at the same time would have been a bit too much. Okay.
3: (laughs) So you stuck with the masters.
4: We stuck with the masters. um, And, yeah, we purchased a brewery in April of 21 while I was still in Belgium. Okay. And at the time... what bre- Do you mind if I ask what brewery it was? St. Florian's.
3: Oh, gosh. I hardly even remember that yeah, brewery, which brewer. might be why it was for sale.
4: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it yeah. was a little brewery. Um, you know, they had a pretty good run. Yeah, um, yeah. But in the end, you know, it was ran by a, um active uh, firefighter. And so... Pretty much after you know the 2017 fire started becoming a, a big annual thing, yeah. Um, he pretty much had to shut down production I see. every year for fire season. And then in 2019, when the Kincaid fire came through Sonoma County, uh, their lot actually got shut down completely with power and everything, and so they had quite a bit of losses. I see. And and that was kind of the, uh, okay. the last drop in the bucket for them, unfortunately. So it wasn't the, the pandemic that took them out. Yeah. Uh, it was the fires. Um, but yeah, so we, we, we bought them out in, in April of 21. That was our official date. So I was still in Belgium I was you know Calling BSG over here And stuff Trying to get stuff going and yeah. Send them all the recipes And it was my dad And we had a, an assistant brewer At the time And then I was Watching them brew on Skype <laughs> Those that was, that was were my first brews Okay Um So, and then occasionally, you know, you have the funny moment, it's like, oh no, and everyone's gone.
3: Yeah. What happened?
4: Hello. Yeah. Amazing.
3: (laughs) So, this was just your family at that time?
4: No, no, Ah. we were already together. Yeah, I I know. We kind of ran over that part. Let's take a quick
3: break. Here's right. where we're, We'll take a quick break because I want to make sure we understand how the two families came together to do this, too. Um, so you're listening to the session. We are hanging out with Cuvée, uh, Belgian brewers of Sonoma County. And we're going to be back right after these words.
0: The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-ceiling faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com.
3: Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Their website features real-time inventory, which means if you can put it in your cart, they can guarantee it'll ship the same day by 4 p.m. on weekdays. Want easy and simple electric brewing? Check out the new Series 2 Mash and Boil, featuring an elevated grain basket so you don't have to calculate sparge water. Williams also features the full Kegland line, everything from Brewzilla to Maltzilla and a huge selection of duotite fittings. Looking for a kegerator? Look no further than the Kegland Series X and Plus kegerators, which feature 4 and 8 keg capacity in a compact footprint, and free shipping to the lower 48. Interested in distilling? Look up their proven Williams American Bourbon and Brandy Kits, as well as complete distilling equipment packages and conversion kits for popular systems like the Mash & Boil, Anvil, and the Grainfather. Check them out today. Go to WilliamsBrewing.com to browse their vast selection. Welcome back to the session. Thank you for hanging out with us today. We're hanging out with Cuvée. Um... I can do just cuvee sometimes. Oh, right? yeah, okay. No, it gets sure. longer oh, and longer yeah. Yeah, every just time.
4: Just yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just added the Belgian brewers part today, so they knew we were a brewery and right. that we were Belgian. I
3: like it. I like it. <laughs> so we were just talking about some of the the, the history of the uh, of the brewery and then how the family came together. Yeah. Before we do that though, because I can tend to really dive into that for so long because <laughs> I enjoy it. Let's talk about the beer. Yeah, <laughs> our listeners want to hear about that too. So what's in our glass now? So
4: right now we're we we went from one light botanical saison the pepperwood to one of my other original recipes that I finally got to remake which is a red rosemary rye saison. Okay. Yeah. So it's a really unique uh little beer. It's it, it, this was mostly done in a small batch so it's going to be a taproom exclusive. It's going to be released this uh this Friday. So Oh nice. Yeah. This is going to be a Little, and you guys really are trying to do special you, releases guys. every month this year, I read. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. It's ambitious. Come um,
3: it on, Henry. Ambitious. Yeah, I know.
4: But <laughs> it's 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 one of those things, you know. You you gotta appreciate all those, you know, craft beer lovers that they're they're looking forward, you know, for, for something new, something creative. Absolutely. And uh and so we were kinda trying to see like how small of a batch can we make um, you know, feasibly and this was kind of part of that that project okay um and it's called midnight gardener if i remember yes midnight gardener it's it's named after me (laughs) Uh uh-huh because of what weird habit do you have um well you know when you start a company you don't get a lot of daylight in your home garden Mm -hmm. Uh, so i often come home at night put on my headlight and, and get into my garden. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I have a green thumb. I love plants. Um, yeah. Really like you do. said, it would have been your other uh, uh,
3: job if you if didn't get into beer. Yeah. Right. So. True. Yeah.
4: True. But. Okay. You know, Fermentation is fascinating. So yeah. I'm definitely happy to be here. Absolutely. And mixing the plants and the yeast together and just having yeah. a good old time. <laughs> so is a
3: red saison something that I would find elsewhere or this is kind of your invention?
4: Um, so there are dark saisons in Belgium. Okay. They're rarer. You know, most, most saisons you find are really light and bright. Um, there are a handful of them and they're, they're kind of, uh, harder to find brands. Like I wouldn't even be able to just be like, yeah, go get that one in Belgium. I remember having them, but they're kind of far few in between. Okay. Um, but as you guys are having this, you could tell that as far as a saison for the wintertime goes. This definitely fits the bill. Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
3: Well, and what's it's about 6.7% or so, so it's a little higher. Yep. Right? A little, obviously, maltier. The rye comes mm-hmm. through very nicely. Yeah. Um, and to me, um, rye, it's, I'm on the fence about rye. It, okay. it, dep- it depends on the beer. It yep. Always, yep. Correct. I love it in this beer. Yep. I, I think it's great. I, I used to like, I can drink a rye IPA if the brewer's done really, really well with it. Remember Sierra Nevada's ruthless, okay, ruthless rye? rye. Come was on, my, that was fantastic. That was great beer,
1: I love that beer. But then I've had others
3: where it's just a little too much. Uh, but this one, it's very nice. And then, of course, you said is in it. Yep, mm-hmm. fresh rosemary,
4: handpicked the night before out of my garden. And where does where in the process does that go in the beer? Um, so we add it into the boil. I, I kind of treat it like like the bay leaves in the pepperwood. Okay, um, so it goes in late in the boil, just to pull off those oils without again, boiling the plant material so much that you get that polyphenol astringency.
3: But you're throwing in straight up sprigs of rosemary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Full twigs. How Do you know
4: about how how many pounds were you talking here? So, yeah. So this was an old homebrew. So I I did have like a ballpark to work with, Mm -hmm. luckily. Mm -hmm. Um, Because with any spice, so easy to overdo it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Yeah, Anyone who cooks like you said, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like you can just push it, but at some point It's just not palatable anymore. Absolutely. Especially something like rosemary, Mm -hmm. which
3: I've never met anybody who doesn't love rosemary, but I've also never met anybody who can't
4: tell when you put too much in. Right. Because it can be so overpowering. Yes. Yeah. So you have to be careful. So this was about, um, say, I want to say about a pound in a 300-gallon batch. I see. Okay. Yeah. So you really don't need much. No, you really don't. Same as like in a sauce. You really don't need much. You just, you want
3: it to be there. You want to notice it. That's how I would describe this. I notice it. I think there's a lot of beers that come in here that I say, oh, I wouldn't have picked that out if you didn't tell me. Mm -hmm. This is not one. I I notice it. And I think that's what you want, right? You want to be able to tell. You want it
4: kind of just right there, right? Especially on the finish, the dryness, mm -hmm. it
2: accentuates the dryness, which is really nice.
4: Yeah, it does. And I think it works good with that rye earthiness. I I talked to Cody about this. The the original inspiration of making this beer was was a bread. Okay. Yeah, a a traditional German spiced rye bread. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That
3: sounds Um, delicious already. I can see that as the inspiration. Because I also was going to say without the rye, I already would have said maybe it wouldn't have worked out.
4: Mm-hmm. No You
1: needed I, I that backbone so, yeah. You True. know the body
3: the... True Yeah It's also beautiful in color I mean it's I got like a deep red to it
2: I kept trying I was kept bugging him Like what's the color What's the color Because I'm trying to
3: Yeah
1: <laughs> <No>.
3: <laughs> This is another one That if I put on our tap number 10 here I think people would look at it People looking for that blue moon Would look at it and go Oh that that's not what I was asking for uh, And I'd say Why don't you give it a try And they'd love it Right mm-hmm. I really do mm-hmm. Yeah you know some subtle spice to it um, but th- that permeates through yeah are you using old hops in this or is it fresh hop what's the
4: uh, no it's 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 just T90 pallets okay. you know so just for for those numberers out there it's just what bulk hop is used like most of the time is just right, yeah. squished down pallets of hop um and what are they uh, so i think i just used willamette for yeah, this which is also what i use for the pepperwood and it, it's it's a hop It's kind of underrated. Like it fell off the radar. You know, it was used in in the olden days of starting West Coast IPAs. You know, back in the day because it was a very prevalent hop, originating out of Willamette Valley, Oregon. Um, But I love it honestly. One of my favorites. Just a workhorse. It's a workhorse. It's never aggressive Mm -hmm. or pungent. It's just got a very lovely kind of florally earthy. Okay. Uh, backbone. And, Which
2: fits very well in this style.
4: It, yeah, it does, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm guessing
3: you're not looking for more than florally earthy in your hops across the board, right? Like, you're not looking for dank. You're not looking for diesel. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. No.
4: <laughs> you want it to complement no. the yeast. I, I, yeah, that's one thing. And also, I. I don't want my beer to taste like I'm smoking a joint. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Sometimes I do, but in in this case, I don't. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
2: Yeah, because I feel like even when you did your West Coast Pilsner, that was still not aggressively dank. It was balanced. It definitely had the pine orange character, mm -hmm. but it wasn't that super over the top.
4: Yeah, and, and I do definitely appreciate that about, like, all these New World hops, right? This is how how character full they are how much citrus they have to offer how much pine right uh, other fruit characters that come out i mean it's sometimes kind of mind boggling that you have the same plant you know produce all these compounds yeah. Yeah. that, yeah, that make all these flavors yeah, yeah it's yeah. remarkable this is fantastic
2: i love this beer this mm. when i i such a big fan of this beer yeah. this this is everything i want as a beer geek yeah Just, uh, and hey, I, I, palatable. I could have three of these and I'd be happy. I'd be right. great. I'd be like, and
4: I, I like sometimes, you know, making a beer where people read the description and you're like, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put rosemary in a saison? What's going into you? And you're like,
2: yeah.
1: Taste it. All
3: right. Well, I want to make sure we talk about more beer because I yeah. think our listeners are really going to want to hear your take. So let's get through the story about yeah. the family, too. So. The families, I'll do a quick summary Mm -hmm. so then you can give me the detail. But the families came together because you started dating, I think, an American. Yep. Okay. But did you start So Amber is her name. uh, Also works with the company, right? Yep.
4: Okay. Did you meet her while you were in Belgium or you met her here? I met her here in my sophomore year of high school. Oh, right. Okay. So we actually started dating right before I... um, Went to Belgium by myself for that summer. Got it. Yeah, nice. And, uh, <laughs> and then came back, started brewing. Uh, a couple months later, we had uh, we were going to have our first Thanksgiving together as the two families, ah. and so we invited uh, her father, uh, Reed, um, to come to a brew with us. Okay. And up until that point, you know, he was just your your classic domestic beer drinker. Okay. You know, your yeah. light loggers. That was his his uh, gig, and um, I'm happy to say that we, we actually kind of completely took him off of that. Amazing, yeah. yeah. He just he wasn't into craft beer that much because you know the the really old West Coast IPA was just too intense, too bitter, yeah. yeah. You know, and so he stayed away from it. But then you know we opened up the door of Belgium beer to him, and he fell in love with it. And so we were just homebrewing the three of us, me, my dad, and her dad. Okay, ever since,
3: amazing, yeah. Got it. So they became fast friends. Your dad and, and her dad sounds like mm-hmm. over beer, right? Keep homebrewing all these years. So then, at the kind of fast forward here to 2021, I think if I remember yeah. right, when your dad finds his brewery, he talks to Amber's dad too.
4: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This was, I mean, kind of already a plan, like in the works. Like we already talked about. It. We'd already won homebrew awards and okay compared our beer with you know other local. Um kind breweries that were making Belgians and we're like, no, our our stuff is up to snuff. We could do this. Okay. Um Is this a thing
3: where and and I don't mean this to be a chauvinist question. So listeners, forgive me. Sometimes we can ask questions that are sort of gender related. Does Amber and like your mom think that you guys are crazy with this idea? Are you just going nuts in the garage and they're like, What the fuck is happening out there? Or are they like, Oh no, this is we think they can do this
4: too? Um I'm, I'm sure that went through their mind at some point. Okay. Um, at this point, I think they're past that. You have, I, think, I would say
1: by now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Andrea's yeah. working the
2: tap room every night. It okay. probably yeah. Be over it by Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah. No, she's she's got it down, and, and she sees how much people love the beer, and right, so right. they everyone actually is is very everyone in the family is very supportive of okay. it. Okay. And. Um, and I just really think that because
3: like with any family at, you know venture like that especially when you get into a hobby together mm-hmm. when you start talking about going pro there's like well, first of all you better be very good at it which it sounds like you are. You guys are winning awards with homebrew and stuff but there's still this always this voice wherever mm-hmm. it comes from that's like I don't know guys maybe just keep brewing the beer in the garage and keep <laughs> your keep your jobs. Like do we have to go crazy with this? And I, I do think it's the dreamers and the people mm-hmm. who really want to go for it that that succeed in life. Right? So I'm um, I'm, I'm certainly proud of you and glad you went for it, but I'm just trying to get to the bottom Thank of you. like how it went.
4: No, yeah. I agree. Uh, I, I especially in the beginning, I kind of had this mindset of like, no, we have to be crazy. Like, yeah, if you're yeah. not crazy, you don't do this. Yeah, right. But if you don't do this, it will never happen. Yeah, right. right? So it was. It was about the opportunity. It was all kind of lining up with me being in my last year at a brewery. The other brewery being for sale. Um, you know, it was all kind of lining up. Sure. Um, sort of fortuitous how it worked out. Yeah, and so then, you know, I graduated that year, 21, and... Hopped on a plane back to California and started running a brewery. Yeah, immediately, the brewmaster. Yep. W- was go.
3: that a thing between you and your dad, where maybe he was like, "Hey, man, I've been the the brewmaster at home this whole time," <laughs> or did he did he you know really believe in your degree and your background? And
4: he did. He yeah, did. Okay. And I I also I, I was kind of the one developing the new recipes too with okay. the homebrew. Uh, you know, the, our very first award. Was for the pepperwood nice, nice, and so that was like kind of always been our kind of go to beer, yeah. And so, you
3: did you know then that that was going to be your flagship? Be- we because had of to, the, yeah,
4: we had to. It was a little bit logistically difficult because you can't just purchase Meyer lemon peels, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, and I, I wasn't quite ready to throw a whole Meyer lemon puree, which you can get in there as a replacement, I didn't that was going to be appropriate, yeah. Um, and the same with with the bay laurel, yeah, exactly. You're too. just going for the oil. You don't want that like full fruit pulp kind of you know Acidity character. Is sure, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know. And so we we kind of knew we had to. It, it was a fan favorite um, from when we were homebrewing. It was our award winner. It was so interesting. It, it it totally fit that vibe too of just a really you know kind of or authentically made belgian beer that's just inspired by the local yeah scene sure right and it's like this is these are things you can only find here yeah so now you have a completely original belgian beer that could have only been created here in sonoma here in sonoma i like that
3: were the dads retired at this point no
4: they had they had jobs they had jobs
3: did they quit the jobs nope okay well one of them did
4: smart Okay. one of them did but that was kind of the plan it wasn't right off the bat in yeah. the beginning it was just me uh my my mom who did not have a job she's she's put in countless hours uh you know for for no really financial contribution sure yeah um and then my dad he he kept his his day job you know to to keep some money coming in right okay yeah um and then my my to be father in law um we took him on um I want to say, when was it? It was August of 22, I believe. That, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's when we... So probably not even a year after you opened. No, Yeah. No, correct.
3: Yeah. yeah. Well, you need help. I mean, sometimes you... And you got to roll the dice sometimes, right? So, yeah. So he was ready to do that.
4: Yeah, he was... Uh, you know, he, he'd had his job for a very long time, and he was kind of ready to move on, and that was the part of his... Um, uh you know, drive to do the brewery too. He was ready yeah. for a career change. Yeah, um, you know what I love?
3: Late in life career changes, and the and the the gumption it takes to do it. I'm being okay. serious, sure. right? Because it happens to a lot of people. Some people it happens like they they didn't want to have to do it, like it was forced upon them. Others get, find like a passion, and mm-hmm. they're like, "Yeah, fuck it, I'm going to go for this." No matter how you look at it. I always think it's a cool story for people, especially in the US where like retirement yeah. is such an issue. There's not yeah. a big social safety net despite what people say. It's kind of um,
2: frowned down upon. You have to explain it to your friends yeah. and your family and they're kinda of like, What are you doing? You here? know what I do? Yeah. I
3: stand up and I applause for that. Yeah. I think it's a it's uh, a it's
4: a ballsy move. Yeah. 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 It's <laughs> a it's a
3: bold and a ballsy move. Yep. Uh, for by the way. Not even a son-in-law yet. Uh, nope. not, not for you, but you see what I mean. Like, yep. you got your, your, your families aren't even legally entwined yet,
4: except under the brewery, right? Yep. So I commend this guy. <laughs> he's like, let's go for it. Oh, yeah, no. And he's, you know, he, like, I get, I get that a lot, too, sometimes. It's like, yeah, my, my lead brewer is my, you know, to be father-in-law. Yeah. And I get people that are like, oh, that must suck. You know?
1: <laughs> oh, and yeah,
4: Reed like, is awesome. I'm like, that no, is... I mean, Reed he, is... he's my right-hand man, yeah. you know, and, uh. Uh, Yeah, you know, a lot of the stuff I I can't do without him, I can always trust him to do everything, right? And, you know, sometimes, like, my my brother will sometimes come in um, when he's not in college just to come in and help out, and and he'll comment, like, yeah, man, you and Reed, like, same wavelength. Like, you guys guys share, like, three words, and you guys have shared the whole...
3: nice plan like
4: you got I've been, it i, I love with that.
2: them and package with them and that's the vibe is they're they're they, wordless they right. know
3: which is great what more could he ask for yeah. Yeah. You know. yeah all right cody can we try another beer i think we can think you guys I mean, brought
4: Hedrick, one Hedrick needs to, uh... i'll drink faster no worries
3: well you guys pick you guys pick a beer in the yeah. meantime i did want to ask about some fermentation profile stuff so the two stations sure. i've had so far we had the peppercorn Pepperwood, pepperwood, forgive pepperwood. me, The Pepperwood, no and then we just had the I don't know what this one was called, the Midnight, midnight Gardner. That's right. Yeah. Um,
4: same yeast for both of these? Do you have like a no. house? Okay, no. So, you so you like to mix it up? Um, yes and no. Okay. So we 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 only have a handful of yeast strains that we kind of use for our day to day brews. The uh, Pepperwood uses a uh, diastaticus negative uh, farmhouse ale strain. Um, so it doesn't ferment as dry as the original homebrew did actually. And that is the yeast that is used in the midnight gardener. Okay. Um, that is mostly to prevent contamination issues. Um, because this is a yeast that can ferment much bigger sugars. I see. Um, than, than Mm -hmm. regular brewer's yeast. And so, um, for our, you know, kind of higher volume beers that we send through our bottling line, we try to keep that out of there. Okay. Yeah. Um, because, you know, basically what that means is if that yeast were to get in there, were to get in a, a bottle that does have those sugar still in it. Uh, it'll keep going. It'll keep yeah. going. And that can be a sitting bomb on a yeah. grocery market shelf. Okay. Right? It's not a wild Saccharomyces,
2: so, but it kind of has those some of those characteristics.
4: Yeah, yeah exactly. So it, it produces the very similar um, ester and phenolic profile okay. to the original. And it was bred from that. So, so you if you're saying one. and forgive
3: my ignorance, but if you're saying it's a diastatic negative, mm-hmm. that means that says to me that there's a other side. There's another yes. yeast that's a diastatic positive.
4: Correct. And that's what's in the midnight gardener. Gardner. And yeah. and that yeah. means sorry, that it won't
3: continue fermenting no, or that, that it will. will. Ah, that it will. I see. okay. So and okay. And,
4: okay. and negative is in reference to the um the, the presence of a certain gene okay yeah got it and, and
3: and that gene might dictate how far down it's going to keep eating through exactly. long Correct. chain sugars yes, short yes. Cha- oh, Okay.
2: yes, yes. so the diastaticus yeast will actually have enzymes that go outside of the cell wall okay. and into the solution and ferment the sugars got it normal saccharomyces won't do that so it typically doesn't ferment as much but the diastaticus will definitely
4: okay. be positive like, I found a we'll smart salesman. Yeah, and yeah. you need that, right? Like, <laughs> and you know what? Like
3: 9 out of 10 of the accounts don't care, but but the one that does, you can answer. Yes, yeah, right. exactly. exactly. Right? So, yeah, I love it. Uh, okay, so you so different yeast because of that. You wanted to make sure the fermentation sort of stopped where you wanted it to stop. Mm-hmm. Put it in the bottle. Everything is going to be okay.
4: Yes.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Midnight Gardener. It's that our sort of seasonal opportunity to experiment and yep. try something new, and we're not putting it through the bottling line. So it's
4: ah, it's yeah. yeah. And so it way. was actually kind of made to use as little of the same equipment as possible. Yeah. <laughs> so we had <have> to. <laughs> but get you are bottling it. Yeah. So we had some bottles that we manually Mm -hmm. did. This guy is is
2: manually bottling beers for me. I was going to say, you're not
4: manually bottling (laughs) a batch to
3: sell. You're manually bottling a batch to bring here, to bring for samples. Everything else is going to just ferment or is going to stay in in stainless until you serve it.
4: Yes, correct. We do have like a a manual filler that we do for our barrel age program. Okay. um, Because that's kind of the same story with those mixed mixed fermentation cultures. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this was actually the start of a project that, that hopefully will grow into beers that we will bottle. Okay. Um, but, again, it's mostly with a manual filler. Yeah. Uh, very small batch, more artisanal, sure. you know. Um, How many barrels do you think you're going to produce this year? Just <laughs> out of curiosity. This year? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow, man. Well, well, what did you do last year? Last year, we we got Still close to six hundred. Okay, which was already great because we doubled the year before. Nice. Um, next year, I'd love to reach the thousand mark. Okay, um, it's a big jump. It is a big jump. he has got his, his work cut out for him. Oh you. yeah, <laughs> he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah he does. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're gonna you know produce uh, a couple more. Because up until now we've only bottled our five kind of flagship beers, and we're okay. gonna try and do more. Sure, try and do like, other beers and like the, the monthly
3: releases you said, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and plus, you you just you just mentioned your spontaneous, but that's brand new, right? It's the, your first commercial spontaneous program. Is that right?
4: Yep. Okay. That's, that's correct. So, a, um, so that's something that we did as home brewers. We're we're from the lambic region in Belgium. Okay. Uh and so that's something that's very near and dear to our hearts. Uh you know my dad grew up drinking that stuff. Um and we tried it as home brewers, succeeded very good. It was like okay, this is promising. Um then when we went commercial, we we're like okay, well this, it's kind of a special yeah kind of thing, right? Uh, but I, I, yeah, I finagled something and uh, I, I got something going. Are you in doing, December?
3: Are you doing the approach where you're going to buy this wild yeast, or are you oh, going to no. do like the Russian River approach where they have a? I think Vinny calls it like a synambic. right?
4: synambic. Yes, He's the one who coined the term. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're very familiar with that, and that that's one of the reasons why we were so inspired because we, you know, we know all the Belgian breweries. And yeah. then When Vinny started doing it, we're like. Wait, we're like we're down the street. Like, yeah, yeah, we, we can do this too. So that's your that's your route. Yeah. Okay. So we did it completely spontaneous in a cool ship. We just captured the native microflora of Sonoma County. Nice. Yeah. Um, and we did five barrels, and they're all alive. Okay. And bubbling. <laughs>
3: and you'll use
4: those five
3: barrels as like the heart to to uh, inoculate this program.
4: Yes, okay. kind of. But yeah. every single one should get the cool ship um, okay. method where it's put outside and you try and capture the native uh, microflora.
3: But you still need, because the nature of Lambic, so uh, that's great, that's your start, but mm-hmm. you're still going to blend. Yes. Something you've you had slightly to. more control over. Yeah, yeah. You have to. Okay. It's,
4: it's it's the only way to make a program like that work. I mean, yeah, You, yeah. you can imagine when you're inviting pretty much like, 10 at least 10 different microorganisms <laughs> that are all duking it out inside of that totally. barrel um, one's gonna swing one way the other one's gonna swing another way you're gonna have barrels that are kind of uh, well i mean you can kind of describe all of them as rank um okay yeah. interesting <laughs> yeah. yeah but uh, you're gonna have some that are kind of be uh, kind of acetic some are gonna be more butyric acid some are gonna It's very tart and it's going to be very citric acid and some are going to be more lactic acid and they all kind of have their own pros and negatives okay every one of them and then the trick is in the end which barrels do i throw together right the blending is to make a a very tasty palatable highly complex sour right um and that is that's the true craft
3: and and so I'm glad you said it that way. You know, one of my favorites of all time, and it's probably everybody's is Cantillon, of course. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. that brewmaster, of course, has described it as like, my art is blending. It's what yes. I do. I mean, he won't deny that he's a brewer, but he totally downplays brewing. Oh, yeah. And, and says the, the true art of a Belgian Lambic brewer is blending. Correct. Much, just like a winemaker. Yeah. Right. So I'm glad that you're taking it on
4: that, that same way, you know. Definitely. And that's one of those things that, again, kind of comes back to our, our palate and kind sure. of how me and my dad have been so into these beers and studying them for so long. I mean, my dad's been drinking Lambic since he was 11. Right. right? Okay. Yeah. So he's very familiar with how it should taste. Yeah. that's um, And when you're making these blends, that's. That's kind of where it comes down to. Okay. Um yeah. they they sometimes talk about this too in in Belgium is uh you know all these lambic breweries they're all families mm. and a lot of times they they're dependent on the next generation to take it over because they're the ones who are going to start tasting these barrels at mm. the age of 11, 12, 13. Sure. That's when they start. Yeah. So uh, it makes this, this is yeah. where you
3: pass the torch because that's, that's yeah. Some true professionalism, I think, like a generational professionalism,
4: mm-hmm. yep, yeah, all right what 's in my glass now? Ah, this is our double, this is okay. our classic Belgian double, nice yeah, so it's uh ours kind of lands on you know a little bit of the darker side, um, but we like it that way
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
4: um a lot of um obviously
3: kind of dark fruit plum mm-hmm. coming out of there mm-hmm. um. Yeah, it's fantastic. And again, not too phenolic.
4: Yes.
1: Which
3: is what turned me away from Belgian Belgian beers so so much longer ago.
1: Like
2: that was I was turned off from Belgian beers for so long because they were sweet and they were very banana clove heavy and I it, want to
3: talk more about the malt character of yeah, this beer than yeah. I do which so I was going to say like to me a comparison is like it's closer to a really good barley wine
1: yeah, in some ways
3: yeah, yeah yeah which yeah. makes me just want to talk about the malt yeah. and then just it's kind of just like an honorable mention that the yeast did something awesome mm-hmm. right. right like because the, the phenolics are there yes. but, but yeah. it's just enough to like make it be what Dry it's supposed it out, to be
2: keep it crisp yeah. keep you yeah. wanting to drink more
4: how are you keeping that down the the, the Um, phenolics and uh, just a well-balanced recipe is what it comes down to okay um it's got to be some ferment temp Mm -hmm. fermentation temperature uh i i don't let it go completely crazy um i have some like, like the rosemary one that we had, for example, mm-hmm. that was a complete free-rise fermentation. Interesting. Did not use any cooling. Okay. Um, did not even crash it at the end. That was a completely naturally made Belgian beer. Wow. Um, our core beers, yeah, I try and aim for a bit more consistency. And we do want our beers not to be over phenolic because just like for the both of you guys, we find a lot of people are just kind of. Turned off, yeah. by the Belgian beer, and then that's all they can talk about about Belgian beer, and that's yeah. all they have in their head. Yeah, yeah. um, well, they've been burned by so yeah, many of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so we're we're kind of trying to show that you know Belgian beer is it's a big spectrum of beer. Yeah, and um, my take on it is, it's it's about balance, right? Like when we think about like okay, old German beer, not, I mean, I'm not trying to generalize any particular beer culture, sure, right? Yeah. German beers. They can be quite, you know, malt forward. That's that's where they're going for. That's that's what they want to showcase, um, you know. And then in America, it's become, you know, all about the hop. That's what you want to showcase, right, yeah. is that, yeah. that, that big hop. Um, and I like to think of Belgium. It's like, no, you're trying to make a beautiful combination where you're going to taste hop, you're going to taste malt, yeah, and you're going to— taste of yeast and yeah. the yeast is supposed to be part of your beer yeah not yeah. overpowering your beer right yeah. right
3: um it's um, a great way to describe it yeah you know and and look it, it's a way to describe balance which you, what you keep saying but i do think it's important that you go further like you just did yeah. because every brewer says balance right oh yeah but then they hand me the beer and i'm like yeah well you didn't really do that <laughs> <laughs> Well say a balanced ipa yeah. you're you like know. well What does that mean? I mean, it's IPA. It's supposed to be extreme. Yeah. No, that's a really great beer. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, like, yeah, Doppelbach is a good, a better comparison than barley wine. It's Doppelbach with more nuances of all the ingredients that you just Mm -hmm. described. There's
2: something magical about the longer fermentation in the Belgianese that really dries it out, Mm -hmm. you know, where so many Doppelbachs or barley wines finish with that sweet, syrupy kind of thing. This is just dry and crisp it still has the malt so some people taste it and they're like yeah you know it kind of tastes like a raisin i'm like okay well it's new to you it, you, know, <laughs> but, you know it's, it's got like... raisin it's got plum it's yeah. got pepper yeah. it's got the pepper on um, the finish is exactly what i pick up and that's again kind of the the brand is a lot of this kind of pepper character from the yeah. belgianese and it accentuates the dryness it makes you want to keep drinking more and it's yeah it's so nice yep all There's,
3: right let's do this uh We're going to do another quick break. And when we come back, uh, it's going to be our last segment, but I've got a few things for us to talk about. We're going to have to talk about IPAs. (laughs) I (laughs) know. Oh, yeah. Surprise, surprise, everybody. We're going to have to talk about IPA. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit more about Belgian beer, of course, and we're going to find out what's up next for Cuvée. So hang in there. You're listening to the session, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the session. Thank you for hanging out with us today. We are still speaking with Cuvée and uh, drinking some uh, amazing Belgian beer, Belgian-style beer, um, and enjoying every drop of it. We've got a lot more to do here in our in our last segment. Um, before we jump into the quad that's in our glass, and I think we're going to taste one of your wild beers, too, i got to ask about IPA uh, because it doesn't sound like that was ever in the wheel- wheelhouse yet. I know you're about to brew one for the Bistro Double IPA Festival,
4: and I think you won an award recently for an IPA, too? Uh, yeah, yeah. So last year when we submitted all our beers to the uh Oh, is it the Best of California Craft Beer yeah, yeah. competition that they that they have at the at the State Fair Yeah uh, and yeah sure enough second place with our no Hoppy Dawn Belgian IPA Oh and, uh, Be- still a Belgian though Okay Oh Yeah Yeah Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So so every IPA that we make uh, we we still use a, a Belgian yeast interesting okay. um you know well like i i like to think of them as kind of my gateway beers like yeah I'm, I'm i'm supposed to be able to make you know ipas because right it's it's so much of the market sure um and so we just have our own take on it do right? you like
3: ipas yourself like you, you, you buy them at the store or, uh, or not occasionally
4: so okay from, from from breweries that i know i like their ipas yeah okay like you know like I mean, everyone loves, like, Inhume, right, from Ghost Town. Mm-hmm. I mean, ugh, this is such oh, a good so beer, good. great right? beer. Um, so, like, know.
3: on a Sunday afternoon, is it rare that you, go, that you reach for an IPA, or is that, just, you know, or a pale ale, or a common?
4: Uh, nah, it's actually pretty rare. Actually, okay. funny thing, on a Sunday, I'm actually more likely to have a cider. Okay, yeah. Hey! hey. I'm a yeah. cider fan, too. Yeah, Me too. Yeah. Oh, Yeah and, and I, th- I think yeah just side
3: note cideries are getting better and better too oh, yeah. oh, so yeah. I, I just enjoy them more and more I mean we're,
4: we're down the street from an absolutely remarkable yeah. cider which one uh, Tilted Shed oh yeah yeah very, I know about them very small um, but yeah like you know mm-hmm. some of your regulars here Mike and Sammy that's how they found us they're, okay yeah. they're, they're members there they drove by and you're like what yeah. Belgian brewery <laughs>
1: <laughs> so there, yeah,
4: and they're big
3: fans of yours too they're mm-hmm. nice people Um, okay. So, IPAs, IPAs, you, you still like to make them, but it's always going to have a Belgian yeast.
4: Yes. So if we make them, that's how we make them. Um, because actually there are a lot of hoppy beers in Belgium. It's different though. Like if an American would try a hoppy Belgian beer made in Belgium, you would be like, this is a paleo.
1: It's not an IPA. It is
4: not overboard. Okay. Um, but they are becoming a lot more popular, and and actually um, Duvel Moortgat, they're they're kind of pushing that envelope. Okay, mm-hmm. um, they have you know a lot of uh, ownership of of craft breweries in the U.S. They're actually the, the fifth largest independent craft brewery in the U.S. because of how much they Fire own. Zone. Yeah, Firestone, um, yeah, um, Oma Fire, yeah Gang. Firestone Walker, Oma Gang, uh yeah. the the uh, Boulevard Seven. Oh, that's right, that's yeah. another oh, yeah. one, and oh, yeah. they have I think two or three more. Um, But they have access to all these, you know, great New World hops, which were unseen in Belgium before they started bringing them in and making, you know, Duval Triple Hop Citra and Duval Triple Hop Cashmere and and all these really, really great hoppy Belgian beers. Yeah. Um, And it does work. and, And sometimes I've had other brewers, you know, comment to me like, yeah, we tried this for a while and it was so hard to get you know american hops to line up with with belgian yeast <laughs> profiles and i'm like sure well it's been natural it, for you kind <laughs> I of don't, I don't know I just but me and me and Belgian yeast have always gotten along yeah, so when I introduced it to American yeah. hop but it, it said okay I'll try this yeah <laughs> well I
1: think you have
3: you, you must have this understanding that's not just about attenuation and either being in the way or out of the way you have more of an understanding of exactly what phenols are going to come out and might maybe how they play with the hops that you like
4: that's the and that's my goal when I make yeah. a beer I'm, I'm, I'm trying to yeah get, get them to collaborate yeah. in the beer right, right? Um, and, and no that's been working pretty well obviously they, they loved it at the state fair right um,
3: so when you do a double IPA for, yes. and, and you're going to enter it into the bistro festival
4: um i haven't oh, yeah, decided yet but uh, there oh, we yeah, are. yes we are we yeah. are yeah <laughs> cody just said
3: it um so in your in your brain then what do you how do you how are you thinking about
4: this double ipa i just kind of want a picture of you know so we've made this beer um twice already okay so the, the devil's bell came around the, the first year we were in operation um as as kind of an homage to actually just that that sonoma <laughs> county big ipa in february thing right The 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 yeah. the, the pliny the younger, the younger origin yeah. story right and and all the breweries do it right yeah, all of the course. all the local breweries do it and it's cool it's cool to have those kind of you know seasonal beer traditions yeah i mean oh, yeah. you know as someone coming in from belgium i love leaning into that yeah i, I really yeah, do yeah, yeah. you know it's 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 one of the reasons we we went for it because we love the whole craft beer scene here because it kind of does remind us of, of Belgium right mm. it's just that, that that diversity that play that creativity um, and so yeah first year we did it uh, it worked out great it was very popular of course we're just down the street from Russian River Brewing so it's good <laughs> for us to have one of these yeah. big IPAs on when, when the Pliny guys come in and they're like ah, give me something big and hoppy you know <laughs> yeah like, okay um, and then last year we did it again it, it was a big hit um this year again and our So how goal ba- how beer. Belgian is it? Is kind of what I'm so, getting at. You see what I mean? Good question. Good question. So um I kind of this beer the biggest there's two things Belgian about it. Three things. Okay. <laughs> Three things. I make it. Yep. That's one. Okay. <laughs> I use a Belgian <laughs> yeast strain in it. And I do ferment it somewhat like a Belgian. I do cut it off at a certain temperature range. Okay. Uh, but I do kind of, I so I knock out a kind of a lower temp and I let the yeast kind of rise up in temp itself. I like I like to push it. Okay. By its own biological activity, and that's when I notice that it's producing the right esters. Um. The other thing is I. I use a mixture of European hops and American hops. Okay, and it's really unique. I yeah. it's what are the American hops? The- uh, this year, because I just like a lot of them in Sonoma County, I, I make a different version every year. Okay, um, this year we're using Chinook, um, CTZ, Willamette, and those are the American hops. Okay yeah i love chinook by the way oh it's the greatest yeah chinook. yeah it's the greatest yeah underrated workhorse uh, oh boy. also in the award winner by the way okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love it yep and then for the european hops uh this year it's gonna be uh styrian goldings and uh Hallertal. okay yeah, yeah.
2: Just like when you hear a IPA recipe and you hear those hops, you're like, What? Uh, uh, yeah, wait, what? Yeah, right. <laughs> Something I love to do. What about the
3: <laughs> what about the SRM of this double IPA? Are you on the darker, old school side or is it like
4: lighter? So it is slightly lighter. Um yeah. my actually that's one thing about my, my Belgian IPA that we make all the time. Yeah. That's really old school. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it got, you know, crystal sixty in there. Okay. Just a little bit of it just to get a little bit of a malt backbone, and it's got that nice, like you know, reddish copper yeah, got color to it. So many
2: people, when they try that beer, look at me like, "Oh my gosh, you've brought back the beer I loved <laughs> from 2002." Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh,
3: Thank you. <laughs> what what percent? When you say a little bit of crystal, what? Give me a percent range. We're talking here.
4: Uh... Ten five. It's uh, somewhere in there. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, mean, I think it's even less than ten. Yeah. Just just a. And is but it, it just has a nice color to it. It has a yeah. nice,
2: like, you know, deeper kind of copper color. Yeah.
3: Which... And are you using, like, European pilsner,
4: too? Like, Belgian pilsner malt? Mm-hmm. So I don't use Belgian pilsner malt. Okay, I use American okay. pilsner malts. Uh, I I used to when we started, actually. I made all the beers with with Belgian pilsner malt. And okay, world,
2: world events happened.
4: Yeah, and... yeah. <laughs> um, you know, as soon as Ukraine got attacked by Russia, mm, uh, okay. prices of European grain went through the freaking roof It was like, Right Okay, I okay. Can't. You know It went from being Just a little bit more expensive Than, than the local stuff To Twice the price Okay um, And then I switched over To um, Proximity Which is uh, Just a national brand And they're, they're very um, Vertically integrated Which I Excuse me uh, Do really appreciate um, And honestly Their product's great I've had a it's lot of great. good success with it Okay Um and you know, and it's it's in all my beers. Actually, I believe that this quad is, yeah, is actually it might be virtually almost all proximity malts. Okay, yeah. All right, well, let's jump to the quad. Now. Let's do it. Uh, I mean, that's we're here to talk Belgian beer, anyway. And so. <laughs> this is a
2: special beer. That's a big brewing process. This dude uh, spending a lot I, of time brewing. We this beer.
4: we try <laughs> to go all out for this one. Okay. It, it had been the most requested beer for me to make. Okay. The style, you mean? The or, style. Or, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the quad. But I, I was always kind of um, reluctant to make it, just because. Well, as a home brewer, we never made one. And as a brewer, we already talked about us. We prefer kind of lighter beers, so we're like, okay. Then the other thing was, it's a super dark, really high ABV beer, Mm -hmm. and and I'm like, how am I going to move this? Like, you know, because you got to think about that when you're making these beers, right? Of course. How how can I sell, you know, a good amount of kegs of this stuff if it's so high in alcohol and it's going to move so slow? Um, but I, yeah, I decided to go out for it. Um. The only way for me to reach these really high gravities uh, on the system that we have, which is really not, you know, we just bought it from the previous breweries. It's not really set up for, for making Belgians, but, yeah. we, you know, we, we do make it work. We get creative. Um, but I did a full, like, a, I think a two or three step decoction mash. You did? Okay. Mm. You went yeah. for it. Yeah. I went for it. Yeah. And uh, is this
3: a gas fired uh, kettle or a the, steam the, jacket? What do you got? So
4: the mash done is unheated mash unheated okay so just infusion just infusion yep. exactly uh and that's kind of what makes it hard to make the high gravity yeah. belgians okay um, okay so for the triple we use a partial decoction for this one we have to go full decoction okay yeah luckily though the the boiling kettle that we use as the intermediate vessel to to, to reheat the portions in is direct fire okay and that thing heats up awfully fast got it <laughs> so actually at that point you just got to watch it closely before you make c- caramel you know? <laughs> but yeah uh, but that's sort of probably where you're getting some
3: of your melanoid yeah. in anyway oh yeah. definitely yeah, yeah definitely yeah. okay um
2: i can taste it in here too there's it's a it's dry but it still has this nice mm-hmm. caramel kind of sweetness and it
4: added like, some just great body to this mm-hmm. beer you know and it's like we it also talk about like cling on beer. belgian beer and the foam and stuff and i'm like i just love how it Hangs on to the glass and it everything. does. And I'm what's drinking the, mine too fast. What's the ABV? Uh, Ten point three. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, it smells. It
3: smells fantastic. It's. I love. Uh, you know. I've been to very famous Belgian breweries, where you you can drink their single, their double, their triple, and their quad. Yeah. And there's um, you can tell that they're in the family. Yeah. Yes, and yours has that the double uh, right that, uh, the yeah. smell from the double to the, the aroma from the double to yep. this one um, kind of that the the dark plum that's coming out of it, it's still there like I just love that it's the same family yep. I'm just, yeah I just finally got to the big brother
4: yeah yep, exactly yeah. <laughs> that's graduated. exactly what it is so our, our triple is a little bit it is off because our triple is a golden ale
3: mm-hmm. ah right okay well, that's yeah. style yep. that's
0: not the style yeah,
4: yeah style. but it's yeah. kind of interesting because in Belgium we don't. We don't talk about styles that way. No, we yeah, really yeah, don't. You know, yeah, when you yeah. go to an to an Abbey brewery, they have their numbers of beers, right? Yeah. And they're just increasing alcohol. And, like, tep- tip- typically, like, t- or technically, in the one below the quad is the triple. But in Belgium, we tend to only refer to golden or pale um, mm. Abbey beers of that percentage as triples. We okay. We do, like, typically yeah. don't refer to dark beers as triples. Mm-hmm. I see. Um and so that's why I wanted my double to represent our best version of a double, which is dark usually, Yeah. and our triple to represent the best version of, of what we know as a triple. I love that, yeah. Um, but that being said, the quad is usually a souped up version of the double. Okay So that's We definitely stuck with that So this yeah. is definitely The big brother of the double So you're really You're
3: a, just taking that Almost same mm-hmm. recipe And amping it up There's yep. not a bunch of changes there You're not nope. Okay nope. Yeah Exactly yeah. yeah As it should be And same yeast too Yes For it's the, the okay. same yeast
4: strain Yeah How
2: about the uh, coriander Henrik Did you Kind of increase
4: the coriander? Uh, Actually, I I, maybe just slightly if I remember correctly, but I didn't want to overdo it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I felt like if I would increase it um, to the same amount, it would just be overpowering. I agree Um,
2: completely because the double already has it's a nice amount. It really does, yeah. And then here you're kind of letting the malt come forward. Exactly.
4: You're just kind of providing a stronger carrier for that character. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good beer. Mm, this is a trouble. Right. This is a, beer's a troublemaker. Hey, it's a oh, troublemaker. It sure yeah, we that. were <laughs> I, honestly we were amazed when we released it. I mean, we released it on our um, anniversary party. Okay, and um, you know we're we're a modestly small brewery, so a lot of times when we release a new beer, it's not like we're gonna blow a half barrel of it. Um, this beer we did.
1: Okay, and it was 96
4: wow. degrees outside.
3: Everyone was having a, oh my
4: god, that was a I, good time. I, I was, <laughs> I'm like, you guys are nuts. <laughs> yeah, you're but I put love tents it. Intense <laughs> out uh, for people to crash. <laughs>
3: uh, it's a really nice beer. I'm glad. So we have it on tap here at the Hop Grenade. I'm going to guess it'll be here for about another week. So uh, if you're local, come on down and try it here. Um, you guys have a tasting room? At yeah. yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. We oh, have yeah. a tasting room in okay. Windsor. Um, really easy to combine with visiting Russian River Brewing in Windsor. There we go, just just down the street. Okay, uh, yep. And the cidery you mentioned, too. and the, yeah, cider- the cider. Actually, place? we're in the Windsor Beverage District. Okay, yeah, okay. So Vine, there's,
2: there's, yeah. there's all sorts of places.
4: Exactly. There's 14 wineries. There's a distillery. There's a cidery. There's a craft beer tap room. Two okay. big breweries. Well, one big brewery, yeah. one modest sized brewery. Sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we've got one more beer to try, and in the meantime, since we're running out of time, I want to make sure we get to some of the things that are happening um, at the brewery. We already mentioned uh, that you're trying to do seasonal releases um, uh, every month, if you can. Yep. And the first one is Midnight Gardener, which is coming out this Friday. Yeah. Only available at the tap room. Or yep. Okay. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, go yeah. check that out. Um, and then, uh, is there a way people can sign up
4: to to hear about more of these, or do we just keep checking the website? Oh, definitely. Um, so yeah, if you you know, sign up on any of our social media platforms, Facebook or Instagram. Uh, you'll get updates about releases, and you can also go to the website, sign up for the email list. You'll get uh, typically the most detailed information uh, on that one. Perfect.
3: And, of course, as I mentioned, it's cuverbrewing.com, com. You can go learn more about it. There's a great—their uh, th- th- whole story is there. You can look at what their regular beers are, their seasonal beers. It's a good website that'll keep you— um, informed. And I think you guys have a, a Pink Boots collaboration coming up in March, too.
4: Yes, yeah. we do. It, White uh, IPA. Yep. White yes. IPA. i I'll, I'll, I'll so do a stoked. first drop of the name here, considering it hasn't been done anywhere, so you'll be in the loop. I love it. Um, buy Her Bootstraps. Nice. A, just a note to, you know, hard-working women who are just willing to go the extra mile to get get things done. You know? Heck yeah. So, you know, I work, work with my mom and my fiancé both, and they both put in a lot of hours, you know. Always keep going for you know for for the dream, right? And that's, sure. That's, that's that's what they're doing, and so this is an appreciation to them and to you know, all women. So. And what makes a white IPA? Mm. So it's our our approach is taking a Belgian wit, and you know we're not going to spice it. We're not we're not going to put orange peels in it. We're taking the base of a Belgian wit, okay, and the yeast of a Belgian wit, and we're going to try. And take the the pink boots Hot blend and showcase it the best way we can. Nice in that beer. I like yeah. that idea. That sounds like a delicious beer. Yeah, so it'll be nice and sessionable. You know. Yeah, it'll be dry. Four, yeah. five, five point two, you know percent. percent. Or, so mm, kind of be like a session IPA, so and mm-hmm. okay, it'll be a good you know kind of start the spring. Yeah. Beer. Yeah. Remember
2: wide IPAs, I miss wide IPAs. That was a thing for a minute. <laughs> well, if it comes out you know.
3: If it comes out great, it might have to be one of the beers you bring to Spring Brews Festival, which is at uh, the end of March. So, mm-hmm. so <laughs> keep keep that in mind. I would love to see that. All right. And then as we mentioned, uh we're going to see a double IPA at the Bistro IPA Festival, so I'm excited about that. <laughs> Got a convince um, now, you know. <laughs> And then I read that you guys might try to put some of your beer in cans this year,
2: Ooh,
4: which I yeah. think is a cool idea.
2: Hendrik, will you tell us more about? Yeah, so we're for we're, cans. we're we're gonna give
4: it a whirl. Um, we're still kind of you know figuring out the nitty gritty on the, the the labels and everything. That's all done in house too. So sometimes it's, uh and you know, those projects kind of catch up on you. Um, but yeah, uh, we're gonna try and put some some. New beers, some lighter beers. Usually, uh, we're gonna go for, for in the sixteen ounce can. Yeah. Of, I sometimes I think it's kind of weird when we put like double IPAs and stuff that are nine yeah, percent of sixteen ounce cans. I'm like, yeah. that's is that really one serving of beer? Really, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um. So I'm going for some lighter beers. Okay. Um. More ex, not necessarily experimental, but more kind of like hybrid beers. Mm-hmm. Um. So they're not. Gonna be the ones that we already bottle. They're not gonna be my you know tra- more traditional saisons and, and and Belgian ales. They're gonna be more like lagers and best coast pills. light wheats and and stuff like that. Just you know those great sessionable you know active beers when you're out having fun, you know, take when to the you're beach, outdoors and stuff. Out. So it needs to, that that fits the can, right? That's what the can's for. Sure. Mm-hmm. Taking it into all those, you know, spaces and taking it with you.
3: Well, and this is where you get to re-educate us about Belgian beer, too, that they're, uh, that, that Saison's and others, uh, they weren't meant to get us fucked up. They are meant to take to the beach. They were meant to chill at, at lunch with, right? Yeah. Like, So by putting in a can, you can sort
4: of retell us the story of lighter Belgian beer. True. I think. True. Yeah. That that's gonna be a part of it for sure. Yeah. Um, the other thing too though is is with the other beers and why I wouldn't put those in a can is I don't feel like I can do injustice. Okay. Um, you know we Belgium's all about re-fermenting. Yeah. Right. We we condition all our beers usually in the in, bottle in, in the bottle in the packaging. Yeah. Um and you you can't really get high enough in a can before the can swells up. Yeah, yeah. And so I feel like if I were trying to make an authentic original Belgian beer in a can, I would always fall short. Sure. So I need sense. to take a different approach. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and and you know, you don't just and you you know this because you're not doing it. You don't just have to follow the trends. You know, Vinny was on here, and he's mm-hmm. talked about how, like, mm-hmm. by waiting out the can trend, yep. he now stands out on the shelf yep. as the only bottle. I'll which, tell you, i you, Which I never person. would have said that. I would yeah. have been like, yeah, bro, you should probably go switch to cans. That's what everybody's doing. Yep. And, of course, he didn't not switch to cans as, like, a marketing tool at first. He didn't switch to cans because he felt like his, his beer wasn't going to be as good. Yep. He couldn't yeah. keep the yeah. O2 down yeah. low enough and so yep. on and so forth. And, of course, now you can find some stuff of his... His and cans, but yeah. overall, now I'm like I'm looking at the shelf, and the only bottle sticking up uh, above all of them is a Russian it's River a Russia bottle. River one. Yeah. So you know, yeah. you don't just got to follow the herd, oh, here. No, you know. Yeah,
2: I mean, I've been pushing this guy since the beginning. You need to get cans. He's tired of hearing it. Now. Sure, sure. But the thing is, is some of our biggest accounts we've gotten, yeah, have been accounts that need bottles because they have nice. shelf space yeah. it's yep. sitting there they have a bunch of dusty bottles and aren't moving and yeah, they need yeah. something to put there and we fit that yeah so like it's it. so strange how like that's actually kind of one of our best features
4: is we yeah. still do bottled beer mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> that's kind of and, rare nowadays <laughs> and they
4: reach carbonation levels i can't get in the can yeah okay i yeah, do i, I really yeah. like to stress that it's mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. yeah that little extra a little yeah. extra exactly so so this, now
2: this beer, right? This so now we've got your beer. wild beer, <laughs> yes,
3: uh, which is called... rivieren <laughs> That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just point I out... I
1: wanted you to say it, Justin. <laughs> I, was waiting, I was waiting for you to I say. just want to
3: point out to the listener, and I'm pretty sure I copied and pasted this, so I, I think I have the spelling right. You put in way more consonants than are actually there. <laughs> <laughs> it reads like... Rivieren. Even if yeah. I tried to put an accent on it, Rivieren. Yeah. But you added like L's. Rivieren, <laughs> say it again. Rivieren. Ah, oh, no, okay, Rivieren. See, I thought you went Rivieren. <laughs> I thought you added an L in there, but just Rivieren. That will ne-revere. That's see, that's an yeah. extra consonant. Those sneaky Belgians, yeah. you
2: know, you don't know whether it's you know Flemish or Dutch. Or so this is
3: your out. wild golden ale. Yes, I I want to say this before you describe it to me and. And it's in in fairness, it's because I know that you've now um, embraced the like Sonambic, right? It does not taste like a, a Belgian Wild Ale, which would have just thrown me off. I'd have been like, "Well, so what is this?" But because I've tasted the Russian River version, mm-hmm. I know where this comes from. This is a compliment. Like I I really think you guys have like a Sonoma House. Flora fauna flavor because it's yep. in there like a like a Russian river that I've tasted. Yep. So that's, that's nice. I think that, that like I love being able to taste a region
4: is yes. what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. And that I, and I have to that that's why I love that, Vinny coined that term. Yeah. Yeah. I really do because for us it was just like so symbolic too that we you know we came from the only area in the world where this was being done and it had a name, Lambic. Yeah. And then we moved to another place. Where a guy is making this three miles down the road from right. our house.
3: Who is a fan of The Roots, by the way. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Big
4: fan of The Roots. Yeah. And nails it. Yeah. And coins the turn soon. And we're like, okay, well, for us then, that it, it was like, now we're destined kind of to do this. Yeah. At least to try it. Yeah. Right? Because it's... Uh, it's really close to us. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: And I like that you're doing and look, I'm gonna be honest here too, and, and I'm sorry, Vin. I, I didn't I didn't really like it at first. It oh. it did grow on me, but because it's different, right? Like I'm used mm-hmm. to I know my Lambics. I was like, Yeah, well, that's definitely different. I see what you're going for, but the difference maybe it just made it not my favorite. There's something about when you taste others though, when it starts to become yeah. a thing that you're I don't know if it's just mental or how my palate works, but I now like his even better that I'm tasting yours because now there's more of them. Does that yeah. make sense? Now I can tell, oh, I didn't I didn't like it not because it wasn't great, but because it was different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now yeah. that I'm trying another oh. brewery that has a similar character, it's. I just start to like it more.
4: It, it is. Sometimes, you know, the first time I had a Lambic in Belgium, I was like, what the hell is this? What is, right? is that? <laughs> there's yeah. so many weird flavors in there. And, you, you know, someone gives you this and they tell you it's a beer and that's sometimes i think what throws you off because totally, it yeah. does yeah. not taste no, like exactly. other beer the first time i had you know. russian
2: river sour beers i was told they were beers and i tasted them and i loved them and i was like this isn't a beer right this yeah. is something completely different
1: like, but my familiarity
3: also yeah. just sort of helps yeah. you like things yeah. that's yeah. just how we work i think it's how we're wired yeah and so now mm-hmm. that i'm having another one it it tastes
4: familiar to me yes and i like that oh, i love this beer yeah, and so this beer is um, so it's a combination of of a beer that had some some wild yeast in it that that we pitched um, that we actually let get a little bit too much on the uh, acetic acid side. Okay, um, by not paying attention to it, to be quite honest. Okay, yeah, and uh, I know, right? No, don't, don't tell these things on this don't show. Tell you be things. honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then we were also barrel aging some some of our triple with some mixed cultures that was already going that direction. Um, but when we blended this with the triple, it, the flavors just popped. This by itself was not too appetizing in one direction. The Mm -hmm. triple was a little bit too bland after we re-fermented it in the barrel. I see. But when we added this to the other one, it just brought out all this fruit character Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. uh, it was, it was a match made in heaven when we put these two together and, um, yeah, it's been selling really well. It was a very small project um, that we started be- before the brewery was even open. This was one of those. Ah, um, so it's been around. Oh, it's been around. It was barrel-aged for 18 months. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um, and, and it's only on draft at the, in the tap. No, it's only, yeah. only by the bottle. It's, <laughs> ah, yeah. yes, only okay. in the 750... Corked and caged. I see. Uh, we have very little left, uh, but luckily we did restart the program uh, to get more barrels to make more of these blends because we, yes. we, we all fell in love with it. It's my dad's favorite beer. Nice. And yeah. It's also my favorite beer. <laughs> 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 um,
3: it's delicious. I yeah. love this style. Ah, so good. Mm-hmm. All right. Only available at the brewery, though. Oh, yeah.
4: uh, so, there's a yeah. handful of stores that... May still have some bottles out there. Okay, yeah. it's not it's not too many. At the brewery is the best guarantee. You yeah, get it.
3: Yeah, I'm glad you guys are doing it. We get asked about sours all the time, and and let's be honest, like sours in Belgians, not the most popular thing anymore, as mm-hmm. as you experience every day trying to sell it, right? Oh. but we still get people <laughs> coming in all the time asking for sours, and recently. Mm-hmm. We just have the same sours to offer. Not that Lou's not doing a great job buying them, but it's like, oh, have you had this brewery? You've had that brewery, yeah, and people are like, like yep, less. I've had that one. I've had that one. So it, I'm I'm happy to have a new sour on the market that I can recommend. I'm happy to recommend this. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. This is a this is a damn good sour. Yeah,
2: I feel like what was it six seven years ago? There were yeah. sours everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. was pumping out their you know they had those barrels in the back they forgot about and they're like oh let's bottle it up or cake it up but you know they get expensive and if the quality's not there you know the customer just isn't regrets it? You know, it's but
3: I also just involved. think as palates change, like the, the mm-hmm. beer industry, we're in this weird, you know, phase right now, and it's everything's yeah. cyclical, yeah. In, mm-hmm. including beer. Um, and sour and Belgians are not the, the darling anymore. Hoppy beers are. Yeah, um, all of that is going to just keep rotating. Yep. <laughs> By the way, again comes in the Saison because it doesn't matter. The Saison just stays right in the middle as yeah. a workhorse. Yeah. You got to love it. Yeah. Like we've
2: seen the, the Pilsners and the yep. hoppy West Coast Pilsners yeah. And stuff. Yeah. Coming back. So.
3: Well, thank you guys for coming in. I, I couldn't be more thankful for you sharing the beer. It's delicious. Uh, I am rejuvenated myself about Belgian beers, thanks to you. Um, so I'm glad that Lewis found you for us, and I'm glad you came in to do a show.
4: It's, it's really great stuff. Thanks for, so much for having us, Justin. It yeah. was really great. I thanks. appreciate it.
3: Um, all right. So... What's up next? Uh, You guys have more beer releases. On Friday, you're releasing Midnight Gardener. So head up to the brewery this weekend. You can check it out. Um, And then keep an eye out on Cuvée for monthly releases, possibly cans, more wild beer. You guys are, like, just getting started, it feels like.
4: We are. are. We're we're, we're hitting our... Try it right now. Henrik has a um, lot of work ahead of him. I'm, 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 I'm riding a wave, and I'm going to keep it going. That's yeah. how I like it. And you're going to get married. Is that yep. is that this year? Oh yeah, that's this year. Okay, July so coming up. You've
3: been dating since junior high school. You're finally going to do it. Yeah, oh, boy.
4: Good finally going to do it. <laughs> Special beer to come for that one too. Oh,
1: cool. <laughs> more beer to come.
3: Well, congratulations to you and your family uh, for that. I think it's the coolest thing. You guys have a great story. So thanks for coming in to tell it. Thanks. Alright folks, uh, like I said The Spring Brews Festival is Saturday March 30th, it's coming up uh, Tickets will be on sale this week So by the time you listen to this show uh, They'll probably be up on Eventbrite So go to thebrewingnetwork.com and you'll be able to find them there Hey, thanks to our sponsor, 21st Amendment Check out their Fireside Chat Winter Ale That's got spices and cocoa nibs in it Still available in the stores now And Two A is just a great company Making great beer Sully's a good friend of mine And I appreciate all their support Go check out Beersmith. Go to beersmith.com. Get your free 21-day trial of the Beersmith Brewing Software. Thanks to all of our sponsors and to Covey Brewing Company. We'll see you next time. Take care of yourselves and your beer. The session is a production of The Brewing Network and brought to you by More Beer. Check them out at morebeer.com. Find more content and live video of this show on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brewing network. For sponsorship opportunities and information, please reach out to advertising at thebrewingnetwork.com. To reach our hosts, contact feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com.